0: We're back to the non sequitur, uh, the night of uh, the DNC, the Democratic National uh, Convention, uh, September 6, uh, 2012. And uh, Mr. Obama just finished giving his remarks and capping uh, off a, a three-day spectacle. And so I thought it would be good to bring in our resident um, political expert and an analyst. Um, He's uh, the former president of the Brown Democrats, and he's now pursuing a PhD in um, American politics at UCLA, Sean Patterson. Sean, thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much for calling
1: me. I mean, after finishing what I guess is the, the equivalent of my Super Bowl, or at the very least a championship game, it's good to, you know, sit back and, and, and think about what just happened going into the into the
0: November election. Are are you um are you still recovering like what is the what is the immediate uh, reaction well a- after since both conventions have just
1: finished it's easy to to sit back and kind of compare the 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 almost theatrical output of both parties and i was i was blown away by how cohesive the democrats were able to to pull together their convention with the very different elements of the party. They were able to through having both fantastic and engaging speakers while also addressing the very different um constituencies within the party. I mean, they had progressives covered with Liz Warren's speech. They had Hispanics covered with Mayor Castro's keynote. Women were covered but uh, the First Lady and even to a lesser, well, not a lesser extent, but to another extent, Thunder Fluke, they had young people covered. And all the while, they were able to, to synthesize it into one cohesive vision of not why progressives need to reelect the president, not why women need to reelect the president, but why the country needs to reelect the president and how that will then help all these different groups. Um, I thought it was a it was a it was a better job than the Republicans did in that while the Republicans had a different set of goals for their convention, they weren't they weren't as they weren't as able to really synthesize it into a single message so that voters and people who watch the convention can take away, you know, like a one second summary, that one sentence summary of what the convention was about.
0: Um, what would you Demo- say that the one second to just to, what would what would you say was the one second or the the couple sentence summary of what the DNC uh, was about this year?
1: I mean, it, it it was very straightforward in that it was the Democratic Party believed that together through cooperating and um, collective. Sacrifice, we can move this country forward. Whereas the Republicans believe in a winner-take-all, self-interested society that that'll allow the uh, I, the, the less fortunate to continue to fall behind, while the rich just keep pulling ahead.
0: And so, you know, this isn't you as a as the president of the Brown Dems throwing any partisanship yes. behind this. Okay, I, it, it's
1: it's it's hard for me to sit and and say that I'm trying to give you. Give you the balanced perspective, but I am okay. trying to look at it as less the uh, less from a political point of view and more from a communications point of view, and like what message hmm. what message did the DNC send to voters who were still undecided? What what was what was their end game in trying to communicate with them? Because while it's important to rally up the base and and to get those loyalists like really ready to go, so that they'll make the phone calls knock on doors work at polling stations and do all that stuff the way elections are won is by convincing those few in the middle who haven't decided yet to say to come to your side makes sense it it does and i
0: think um what you're describing is kind of what what i as as someone who's not as politically kind as yourself as few people are i think um just watching me the dnc was just they were pulling out you know like michelle and and Bill Clinton, and every speech seemed to be even you know your favorite Joe, yeah. Mr. Biden over there, Vice President Biden. It was um, well, I mean, I, I can't remember. Maybe it's just I wasn't involved, I wasn't conscious enough during past elections. But I've never felt like a DNC had this kind of um, emotional and and uh, just overall uh, powerful magnitude to it. Is that is that something that's typical, or was this um was this unique? Was this year's DNC unique? Well.
1: It's it's a lot easier for a party to focus solely on their message when they're running an incumbent. Um, so 2004, the Republican Party was much – they were in a position to put forward a much more polished message. So this year, in 2012, Obama was – was in a position to really construct an entire narrative that flowed through all four days that really painted exactly what he wanted to send home to voters. Whereas in 2008, he was obligated, not not so much obligated, but to be successful, he was going to have to repair that rift with the Clinton supporters. And so in order to do that, he had to construct the narrative that both it was both. I'm going to beat McCain in the fall, but also like remember Hillary's great too. So it it was a two track process in '08, whereas this year it could have just it was just a single narrative of here's what I've done and why it justifies
0: me being reelected. Right, right. Now, what did um so because because again I, I keep bringing these other speeches, but what um. What was the highlight of this? Cuz I feel like yeah, it's the highlight should be our um our president getting I guess our president getting reelected or um or not reelected or renominated, but it seemed like the real focus a lot of the time was on, you know, the other speeches that were going on. So
1: I think that what really made this an effective convention is that the highlight of the convention is going to be different depending upon which constituency you are. Um, middle class, traditionally, Midwestern swing voters, they're going to be much more drawn to the really powerful speech that President Clinton gave um, last night. His right. speech was pretty much just almost like a reiteration of his entire political philosophy that the Democrats aren't against free markets and things like that, that they're here to protect you against against the the greed and bad intentions of those in power. Well, you're containing yourself well. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. Yeah. Um But then, for the more progressive and left wing of the party, they had they had Elizabeth Warren, a Senate candidate from Massachusetts, come out. And give a speech that sounded almost idea by idea, the same types of speeches that Franklin Roosevelt was giving in 1932 about how Mm -hmm. it is our moral obligation to come together and work together to solve these problems. And that it's our job to make sure that those in power don't take advantage of those out of power. And that we need to we need to look out for the little guy. In in essence, I mean, for me, the highlight was as much as I love Joe Biden's speech, and and don't get me wrong, it's great. My, the highlight for me was Bill Clinton. Less so because I need to be convinced that the Democrats aren't against free markets, but more so that it signified that there's there's no rift anymore between. The Obama camp and the Clinton camp and seeing that like unified front that we're Democrats. This is what we all stand for. This is what we're all working for. This is our collective vision. That to me was like the real sign that, okay, like this, this is going somewhere. This could be a really powerful element going into November. Right. Can you
0: just feel the momentum building right now?
1: So. After the Republican convention, I mean, during their convention, they were plagued by Hurricane Irene, just kind of, it delayed the start of their convention, it kind of clouded their news coverage, um, a couple of their big speeches, like Chris Christie, felt flat, and just, I mean, Mitt Romney is just not as engaging of a speech giver, like, these little things that didn't really detract from the the presentation as a whole, but just kind of kind of showed the flaws in it, kind of like eliminated any media bounce and any bounce in the polling that he could have gotten. Um, the, The consensus seems to be that Mitt Romney either got one percentage bounce or no bounce at all. Because the Democratic Convention was just so much more strictly structured and they stuck to message much more so, I think it could have the potential to reach out to more undecided voters because there weren't these superficial problems to distract them from the message. Um, But I'm, I'm, I'm hesitant to say that there's that many undecided voters out there anymore. I think that, like, with the amount of money that's been spent on this campaign, people are pretty saturated in the amount of political material they're going to they're going to take in. So I think now it's just a matter of waiting and letting the people decide. I don't know how much more convincing can be done.
0: Really. So at this point, it, well, a lot of people are talking about how, uh, like with the Obamas, especially, it's it's about voter turnout, right? The, the guys who came out or the, the kids almost who came out of the uh, the groups that came out for him in 2008, they're really concerned it won't come out again, right?
1: Yeah, and, I mean, uh, for a lot of those swing states, it's all going to come down to turnout. Um, Like, if you think about 2008, uh, the state of North Carolina, Obama only won by 14,000 votes. So in those states where it's close, turnout among any group is going to be key. But in some of the states where, where the margins will probably be a little bit bigger, certain demographic groups and making sure that the campaigns reach out to them are going to be critical for for them to be successful in November. So, right? Yeah, I think at this point it's a turnout game. Um, I don't think a lot of I, I heard a lot of analysis after the convention on things like CNN and um, Fox News that like now the next big thing is while like these conventions put down like big broad visions. We're going to wait for the debates, and then at the debates, we're going to get specific. And then once we hear the specifics, we'll be able to choose. But I just don't think there's any evidence out there that after the debates, people really change their minds. By the time the debates Mm. happen, people have really shored up their positions, and then it's just a matter of getting their people to the point. Well, the Obama campaign has invested heavily in in their ground game operation. They have a lot more field offices than the Romney campaign does, especially in swing states like Florida and Ohio and to a lesser extent Pennsylvania and Michigan um and even out west in Nevada, Colorado. Just their ground game operation is superior. They register more voters, they uh, they're they're just a, a stronger presence on the ground. So, but they also Are focusing on demographic groups that just have a history of lower voter turnout. Um, young people in particular, while they support the president almost by like a 60% margin, they're also one of the least likely to turn out. So it's Hmm. just a matter of using that ground game to convince people to actually get to the polls. And then on the other side, the Romney campaign, what they've got to do is they've just got, they've got to attack President Obama, not so much on policy, but more on the underlying, underlying assumptions about President Obama. Um, his likability numbers are always much higher than his job approval numbers. And to hmm. some extent, Americans just want a president that they can have a beer with, that they trust, that they think is a nice guy. Um, and when he's beating Romney on those measures by seven, almost ten points, you, you get to the. There, there will come a point where if he can't break those numbers down a little bit, his path to 270 electoral votes becomes very narrow.
0: Hmm. So uh, right now, I haven't had a chance to look at the polls lately. But right now, how um, I'm guessing, obviously, Obama's uh, Obama's in the has a has a lead over Romney. But um, has I don't know if it, and I don't know if it's this immediate, but has uh, do you predict that the DNC to, um, to push whatever his numbers are substantially up? Or is it such kind of like an unchanged deal?
1: So, I mean, right now in national polling, if like just polling of all voters, it's pretty much neck and neck between Obama and Romney. Um, I could pushing the, pushing the dynamic back to what it was. Something like a Obama up three or such. I I can't really see it pushing the national the, uh, the national mood really away from what it was before the convention started. I don't think it was that powerful of a force. But what it could do is in key states like Ohio and Michigan and Pennsylvania and some of the, some of the key states that, and Wisconsin. That if the president wins them, it almost becomes impossible for Romney to win. The, hmm. the DNC's message kind of hammered home, really, the issues that are important to those voters. Um, you could, you could. I don't think there was a single speech given at the DNC that, at some point or another, didn't mention the auto bailout um, and hmm. how yep. the president saved Detroit. And so, if he can just hammer that message home, which is really important to those uh to the blue collar workers in the Rust Belt, Michigan, that area, then that can perhaps set him up a firewall in that if he has that area settled, locked down, then he can focus on really any other state because at that point Romney would have to run the table.
0: Right. No no the debates are coming up and um what what do we have to look forward to there? Because now that we've had our camps, like you said, like our, the positions have been set, and now now the debates are are upcoming before the elections. Um, what what do we what should we keep an eye out for there? Really, what everyone should be paying attention to from both sides is specific.
1: Um, what types of policies will these two candidates be pursuing when they get in office? Um, Romney's been a little bit better on this, actually. He's been very specific about some of the things he wants to do initially, but there, it's, it's a negative policy vision. Not negative in that it's bad, but negative in that it. He wants to remove Obamacare. He wants to get rid of the appeal repeal of Don't Ask, Don't Tell. He wants to kind of undo what he sees as the the, the radical left turn in government. Um, on the other side, Obama hasn't really, he started to in his speech, but he hasn't really kind of come out with a policy vision about what the next four years would look like if he's reelected. He's he's talked about how we need to make things fair, we need to uh, create a modern education system, but he really hasn't talked about how he wants to do that and and what specific programs and policies an initiative he would follow through with in the next four years. So while I don't think the debates will make or break either campaign, um, I do think that it'll be a, a good opportunity for voters to to understand really what their nominee is going to do once in office.
0: Right, and it sounds like that's immensely important. And I think obviously the what you were talking about with voter turnout is extremely important, probably more so than the debates um now from what i understand and what i what i myself believe is a lot of it is going to come down to the economy and that's what a, a lot of people are saying it's just it's almost like not in in um president obama or or mitt romney's hands it's kind of like if the economy's good when it's time to vote then people are going to be more in, in favor of mr obama and if if alternative seems to happen, we, we seem to be in a dip. Then I feel you know people are going to be looking for the quote unquote change that that um, that some were so promoting ahead of time. Is that correct, or is that just something that that yes. is just I mean, kind of the, of the
1: economy? The, way. the economy always has been the the strongest predictor of election outcomes. When the economy hmm. is good, the incumbent party does well. When the economy is bad, the incumbent party does. Bad, right? Uh, but, right. But both campaigns are developing narratives to kind. Well, I, the Romney campaign is just hammering the economy is bad. You should throw this guy out. But the Obama campaign, to their defense, is coming up with a somewhat believable, or at least sympathy, you could at least sympathize with the argument that they came into office with the worst economy since the Great Depression. Um, in four years, they've, they've started to turn things around, but we haven't gotten to where we'd like to be. And even though we're not where we want to be, we're at least moving in the right direction. Whereas if you hand the keys back to the Republicans, they're the ones that got us into this mess in the first place. I mean, it'll be interesting if President Obama is reelected. I think he'll be the first president ever to be reelected with unemployment as high as it is. And if not ever, the first president to have it this high besides FDR. Um, there's a lot working against President Obama, especially with the economy, but that's why, that's why I mentioned earlier the, the personal favorability numbers that Romney needs to go after. Because his, his reelection prospects have followed much more closely how people feel about him personally than how the economy's been doing which for, yeah. which kind of goes against what we come to believe with presidential campaigns. But that's why the Romney campaign, if, if you saw the r all they talked about was the economy. All they talked about is how they wanted to work on the debt. It was all very financial, which are issues that recently have, have kind of gained traction. But you've never had a challenger win – without running on a positive policy alternative. Reagan ran hmm. – he he didn't – Reagan didn't run on getting rid of liberal policies. He ran on implementing conservative policies, and that's how he was able to beat Jimmy Carter. And while it's kind of hard to distinguish between, like, running against liberal and running for conservative, it's really hard to see – even conservatives can't really tell you what Mitt Romney would actually do in office, and I think that's hurting him. I think, I, I mean, I think for, uh, President Obama was particularly vulnerable in this reelection, and the Republicans just haven't really capitalized on his, his most pronounced
0: weaknesses. Are you sure you want to be telling them that? They might catch <laughs> on, Mr. Patterson. Oh. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, I'll be the I'll be the one that shoots the Democrats in the foot. <laughs> it's gonna be all your fault. All ten of our listeners are gonna go tell Mister uh, Mister Romney to to shake up his plans. I um and, I, I I go ahead.
1: Oh, I was just gonna say I don't think their lack of capitalizing on this is that they don't understand that that's the issue. I just feel like they haven't been able to construct it and construct the narrative in such a way that it really resonates with voters yet. So that's something that they keep trying to, they keep tweaking how they go about talking about the economy and, you know, eventually either they'll get it right or they'll lose.
0: Yeah. No, it's, it's, listen, I think, I think there, we we've got a lot of, got a lot of time before November and a lot of time to, um, to give John Stewart and Stephen Colbert some some fun stuff to talk about, as well the other the other pundits and yourself included. Um,
1: yeah, I, I, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how the DNC
0: actually affects this race going forward. So right. I'm looking forward right. to that next week. Hmm. So we'll, we'll see uh, we'll see those numbers next week probably. If we don't have polling by Monday morning, I would be terribly surprised. Okay, well then we'll keep an eye out for that, um, and then we'll have you we'll, we'll call you back before the. Um, or to talk about the the debates when those happened, and then um I think we if we had to ask for a prediction well what would you say right now?
1: I would say that the debates are going to be a draw; they're both going to be well polished well practiced, and I just I can't see them getting far enough away from the talking points that either one will come out a clear winner hmm. and right i it depending upon the state of the race, that could really help or really hurt the candidate so if, so it's if more Mitt about Romney the conditions
0: is, then around yeah, it. Yeah, if
1: Mitt Romney's down by four or five points, I could see him trying to trying to land some knockout punches in the debate.
0: Hmm. And
1: well, if either candidate's down by that much, they could try and land a knockout, and that either has the advantage of they land the hit, or if you swing and you miss, then you look like an idiot. So <laughs> that
0: happens. That happens I, quite often to yeah. me, at least. <laughs> high risk, high reward and, uh, Yeah, amen. Amen. Um well cool. Um so then we'll talk to you soon again and uh we we'll thank you for your for your always insightful analysis. Um and will we'll we'll hopefully, um, we'll hopefully be settling into a, an exciting election season for you to analyze some more going forward. So thanks again. Sean. I Sure hope so. Talk to you later.
1: Talk to you later, Aaron.